Welcome to Along the Way with Trudy Kathy White. Trudy is the daughter of Jeanette and Truett Kathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. And like her dad, she is a beloved leader, communicator, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, Trudy will share a heartwarming collection of true stories with lessons she's learned along the way and remind you that the legacy you'll leave then is the life you're living now. Here now is your host, Trudy Kathy White. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2 of the Along the Way podcast with me, your host, Trudy. Now, last episode, I shared the direction and the theme for this season of the podcast, So we're just going to go ahead and dive right in with today's episode, which I think I would title Called by Name. Now, I imagine there are a variety of ways that you found yourself listening to this podcast. Maybe you heard me speak at a local event. Maybe you bought or someone gave you a copy of my books. Or possibly you follow along with me on social media. Of all the things I've done and all the things I am, That doesn't exclude the fact that you may be listening to this podcast simply because of who my earthly father was, Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. If I had to guess, I would think there are some grown women who may be a bit annoyed to still be known mainly because of their father, but it's never really bothered me. In fact, quite the opposite. I mean, after all, I'm the only lady in the world who's ever been known as Truett Cathy's daughter. I loved my father. He was an amazing man, and being known as his daughter is a distinction I wear with honor. As proud and grateful as I am to my father, though, Truett's daughter is just one piece of me. If you really want to know who I am, you have to dig a little deeper. That's true of all of us, right? In fact, too often, we identify ourselves as one thing. We focus on one role, one job, one title, an event, or even a personality quirk, and then we build our entire identity around that one thing. The problem is, no matter what that one thing is, it's just not enough. Without even meeting you, I already know you are more than any one trait, just as a tree is much more than a single leaf. If you really want to know me and become known yourself, you must broaden your perspective. You have to back up a little and take the whole picture in, every beautiful facet. Throughout this season, we're going to take a journey together. We're standing at the base of the mountain, looking up at the amazing, challenging, wonderful, and intimidating climb ahead. Every twist and turn along the way has rich meaning, and every step is significant. And as we start the climb together, we must ask ourselves the first key question. Who am I? Take a second and pause this episode and nail down how you might answer that question in your own personal way. Who am I? Where we come from, how we've lived, and the choices we've made all work together to weave the beautiful tapestry of our lives. Seeing that big picture can be hard to do if you're used to identifying yourself by one thing. So let's try rephrasing the question. Instead of asking, who am I? Let's ask this question, what am I? Asking who 
can be a loaded question. It comes with an awful lot of pressure, as though we have to sum up our entire identity in just a few words. Answering what is easier, because we can all think of the different titles we have and the roles we may play. For example, if you've listened to the first season of this podcast, you know how I might answer the what am I question. I'm a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a daughter and a sister. I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother. I'm a missionary. I'm a working professional. I'm the founder and leader of several nonprofit organizations which are serving young people, churches, and future leaders. I'm John's wife. I'm Truett's daughter. I'm the former director of Windshape Camps for Girls. I'm an author and a speaker. I'm a sister. I'm an entrepreneur. I was one of the youngest operators in Chick-fil-A history. I'm a church planner. My list and yours could go on and on. How can you possibly sum up everything you are, everything you've done, and everything you've experienced in one simple answer? You can't. But identifying what you are will point you to where your passions and priorities lie. People often have some grand ideal in their heads about who they are, but they're usually wrong, overemphasizing or underemphasizing who their actions define them to be. If you really want to know who and what you are, take a look at your calendar and your checkbook. How you spend your time and your money does more to show the world who and what you are than anything else. If you aren't happy with what you've discovered about yourself, I have some great news for you. We're asking the wrong questions, or at least we aren't asking the key question yet. Who and what can only take you so far? They tell you things about yourself, but they can't tell you what's really at your core. I've found the best way to identify who I am is to first remember whose I am. My mother was a wonderful, wise woman. In my decades as a parent, I've always tried to live up to the fine example she set for me. There's one memory in particular that has always stood out to me, especially in times when I get confused about who I am and what I'm supposed to do. Whenever my brothers and I would leave the house as children and teenagers, Mom stood at the back door of our home, said goodbye, and then gave us this challenge no matter where we were going or who we were going with. Remember who you are and whose you are. Those words have echoed in my ears throughout my life. As I've raised my own children and worked with many other children in camp life or church life, I've always encouraged them to focus less on what they want to do and more on who they need to become. You see, to live a life of success and significance, it is imperative that we practice integrity, exercise self-discipline, make healthy life choices, develop a good work ethic, and value others more than ourselves. That describes the kind of person we all like to be around, doesn't it? However, something important, the key ingredient, is missing. After all, we don't want to simply rack up a list of good characteristics. We want to be men and women of good character. And I believe 
We are our best selves when we surrender fully to the love and presence of Jesus Christ in our hearts. It is impossible for me to truly understand who I am apart from my identity in Christ. At the age of seven, I gave Jesus control of my life, and I've done my best to let him lead my actions and decisions ever since. Sure, I've messed up at times. I've turned left when he said turn right. I've let the desires of my heart lead me into painful mistakes at times. I've missed opportunities because I charged ahead on my own instead of letting him guide me. I'm certainly not a perfect person. However, my commitment to Christ and His indwelling presence in my heart has kept me out of trouble more often than I will ever really know. It's kept me from making some terribly unwise decisions. It has truly defined me. It's answered the question, who am I? I know who I am. I am God's precious creation. I am loved by my Heavenly Father, and I am forgiven by the blood of His Son. I am who I am because He is who He is. Whenever I doubt my self-worth, I find my value in my personal relationship with Jesus. Whenever I question my significance, I find a loving Father who cares deeply for me. When insecurities threaten me, I remember what it says in Matthew 6:26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You see, when loneliness or fear creeps in, God comforts me with his presence. He encourages my heart with his words. In Deuteronomy, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. In Philippians, we find in the Bible that it says, When I am uncertain, he reminds me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I find myself in times of difficulty, he sets my feet on solid ground, giving me confidence and hope to face another day. He speaks to my soul. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Who am I? My identity is found and defined in Christ. It's not about what I've done or can do. It is not about what I've accomplished. It's about what He's accomplished in me, through me, around me, and when necessary, in spite of me. When I don't keep my eyes on the things that matter, when I fail to find my identity in Christ, I feel like I never quite measure up to the expectations of others. I want to appear as though I have it all together, which means keeping my weaknesses a closely guarded secret. I feel tempted to compare myself to others, which leads me to judge them as well as myself. When I define my identity by what I've done rather than who he is, failure and hard times seem even more overwhelming. It's harder to see the abundant life he's promised me. In short, I get lost when my eyes are turned towards my own roles 
responsibilities, actions, wins, and losses. Those things are what I do. They aren't who I am. Who I really am is defined by who he is. The minute I lose sight of that, things go haywire. God knew what he was doing when he knit you together. Psalm says that he created your inmost being. He knows all your quirks and skills and talents and struggles and weaknesses. He knows you inside and out, and he loves every part. It's easy, even for Christians, to see God sitting high on his throne apart from the world. But that's not who he is. He's an active, ever-present, ever-caring father. The Bible says he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. When he looks at us, he sees us for who and what we really are, his children, the ones for whom he sent his son, the ones on whom he poured out his spirit. If you are in Christ, then that's who you are. He knows you by name more intimately than you've ever been known before. Last episode, I mentioned how the mountains in my life have helped me to learn and remember so much about God. There's just no denying there is just something special about mountains. They are majestic and beautiful and can render us completely still and awestruck as we take them in. However, when we face mountains of challenge, loss, or pain in our lives, we're often still and awestruck for another reason, fear. We are trying to figure out how will we get over, around, or past the mountain that's in front of us. Sometimes the mountain makes us feel alone, as if no one has ever faced what we're facing. We assume no one could understand or help. But the truth is, we all face mountains in our lives. You may be stuck on one right now, or Maybe you just got over one, or maybe you're standing at the base of one and you're feeling more alone than you've ever felt. If that's where you are right now, I have wonderful news for you. You are not alone. The one who made you also made the mountains. He knows every part of you. He knows every part of the climb ahead of you. And although it may not feel like much of a blessing in the moment, He's called you by name to climb it, but don't worry, he's there to climb it with you. Take a second and listen to these very familiar verses from Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. What truths does this verse remind you of about your own identity? That even the most fragile and delicate details about who you are were made by Him? That you are complex and yet fully known? That your life is a marvelous display of God's workmanship? Let's read it one more time together. Shut your eyes if you're able and just listen. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. 
How would this verse change how you approach the mountains of life if you truly believe them? As we close out this time together, I pray you continue to hone in on the truth that stood out most to you from this verse. Where are your actions and lifestyle misaligned with the truth that is proclaimed in this psalm? I pray this activity of defining who you are by remembering whose you are becomes a powerful tool for you in your tool belt as you face each mountain, one step at a time. That concludes our time together for today. To find out more about Trudy, visit TrudyCathyWhite.com or follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. By pondering the lessons in this podcast, you'll move one step closer to having your own meaningful collection of lessons you've learned along the way.